Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. We should all give up and then it would be fine. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I thrive being the center of attention with Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Give your kids a shot of bourbon before bed. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Take what you like and leave the rest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're talking about things that are no longer interesting to us. That's not interesting to me. You know, (laughs) we have a bingo card, a Hellions bingo card. You can find it on our What Fresh Hell? Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash What Fresh Hellcast. And one of the boxes on the card was, that's not interesting to me. Which you say at least once an episode. And when people are like, you know, you can get your kids to be completely screen free if you feed them. I'm like, that's not interesting to me. We thought it would be interesting to go to our Facebook group and ask, what's something that's not interesting to you these days? If it's cooking fancy meals or fitting back into an old dress size, we want to know what you're giving up and how it has improved your life. I have one. Can I start with my own? What's not interesting to you, Amy? Because I was saying to Margaret before we started, like, what's interesting to me about what's not interesting to you is the things that maybe you used that used to be interesting to you that you used to spend time thinking about. Like, I've never cared about the NFL and who made the playoffs, right? That's not interesting to me, but that's who cares. But what I've stopped being interested in a while ago, but which has improved my life measurably is Golden Globes, Oscars. You won't believe what Britney Spears said now. Like, I kind of have stopped engaging with knowing about celebrities' lives because celebrities are more important and, and better than you are. I've stopped engaging in that culture for the most part and love it. I'm so much better off with that's not interesting to me what Ben Affleck is up to. You do get old. Like, everyone thinks that their parents got old and you're like, ah, oh, people get old. It'll never happen to me. But I remember my parents not knowing who people were and genuinely not being interested in that and finding that shocking as a teenager. Like, yes, you don't know that Madonna is having a baby. Like, 
with Carlos Leon? Like, old Deluxe alert. Back in my day. Yeah. I do know Rihanna and ASAP Rocky are about to become parents. Yeah. There are <laughs> things, because I can't avoid it, because it's like hitting me from every side, but I don't care. It's not interesting to me. There are things that pierce the veil, no matter how much you try. And I kind of used to pride myself. There were years of my life where I did not know the name of any of the Kardashians, except for maybe Kim Kardashian. They all start with K. I am not engaging with this content, but it just pierced the veil. Like I happen to know the name of all of the Kardashians. And I know that one of them had a baby and the husband's cheating on her. And I don't know, it somehow it slipstreamed in, but I know what you mean. Like seeking out the what's going on in celebrity culture. I think there's kind of two sides. There's the Khloe Kardashian. She's just like us. Like here she is eating a burrito, right? There's that side. Right. But then there is that like red carpet. I'm wearing... Giambattisti Valista or whoever, like walking the red carpet. If it's not Billy Porter, I don't care. I don't care what Katie Holmes is wearing. You know, like, wow, she really is going to win her Oscar this year. It's made up awards to make us want to go to movies more. It's not real. But I don't know if this is correct, but it reminds me a little of that joke that I think it's from Twitter that no one buys butterscotch candies. They just appear in a glass dish on your side table when you turn 65. Like, <laughs> no one makes the decision to do this. It just happens. Well, And I wonder if a loss of it, because I have it too, like a total lack of interest in celebrity culture is something, it's just a developmental phase, as we say, for the kids. For me, it was a feel bad. I do know people. Oh, she won an Emmy. Oh. Like, yeah, I was in a hallway with her 15 years ago. I was a lot closer to it. And so for me, it was personal to sort of disengage with it. But I also think point taken, it's probably also one of the good things about getting old that you uh, stop worrying about that stuff. Yeah, and in a good way. And I think I have the same thing a little bit. Like I was living in Hollywood and living the life. And when I left, I'm sort of like, I'm out of the life. It's like yeah. severing ties with your old life so you can move on. But I think when you start like looking at the cover of Us magazine in the airport and you realize that you do not know who any of the 12 people featured on the cover are, that's a developmental phase. Mm-hmm. And not a bad one, not an unwelcome one. And it's all sort of like, no, it's like people who do dances on TikTok and they're dating a YouTuber. I'm just like, I'm elderly now. Goodbye. I guess I have to read The Atlantic. <laughs> not interesting to me. You all know, I mean, there are so many things that are not interesting to me. You know, the number one, and we've done a whole episode about it called Let's Not Care What We Weigh. For me, what's not interesting is my weight at all in any way. I'm going to say, Amy, I feel like I was on a leading mm. edge of this trend a little bit because now I feel like people talk about it everywhere. Like, can we stop greeting each other by being like, you look good. Have you lost weight? That whole thing. And it's been my cause for a while now. I have gone through phases in my life because if you are trying to lose weight or do this or feel your best or however you want to, you know, phrase it, they encourage you to track your weight. Like I've even done, you know, apps where it's like, you know, track your weight every morning, and you'll see your progress. But tracking your weight every morning, I realized when I do it that I spend a lot of time feeling bad about that, like half pound up or way too excited about the half pound down. And that, yes, I have stopped weighing myself I weigh myself occasionally, but I don't do it every day or even every week anymore because engaging with that, yeah, it was not good for me. So weighing myself is no longer interesting to me. There's an amazing Caravaggio painting, which is Paul Falls from the Horse. So it's a Catholic saint who is Saul and he's a terrible person. And then he has a revelation on the road to Damascus. He falls from his horse and he is struck by the blinding beauty of God and he becomes Paul and he becomes this great person. Anyway, there's this 
Caravaggio painting where he's lying on his back with the light hitting him. And Caravaggio is an Italian painter who works a lot in light. And I have it on my wall. It's just a beautiful painting. And I always recognize moments in my life as like, oh, that's my road to Damascus moment where I fell from the horse. And I just think I spent a tremendous amount of time in my life thinking about my weight. And with help from many other people in my life who also thought a lot about my weight. <laughs> and every magazine and every TV show and every you know advertisement on television. Yes. After having kids, I guess, I think I just had a moment of, oh, I can actually disengage from this completely. I can stop thinking about this. And when people say to me, have you lost weight? My weight varies a, a lot all the time. And when people say to me, have you lost weight? I just say, oh, I don't know. I don't keep track of my weight. I blank face it. I don't comment on other people's weight. I just have disassociated myself as much as possible with any engagement around how much people weigh. And let me tell you, the water's fine. Come on in. Mm -hmm. And Jessica said in response to our Facebook question, being considered attractive. I used to care so much about being pretty and in shape and considered attractive. I just don't care anymore. It has no impact on my life. I love this freedom of just being me being all I need. I mean, it's hard. And listen, some people said Elizabeth said dyeing her hair to cover the grays. A majority of my grays were earned during the pandemic. Like everyone else, I've been locked in the house for two years. I cannot imagine anything less interesting to me than spending precious time outside of these four walls and precious money sitting under a hooded dryer with itchy foils on for hours. I period M period done period. Good for her. I During the pandemic, I grew it out. I got to like eight weeks and I'm very gray. Like I have been dyeing my hair for 20 years. I mean, I've been dyeing my hair since my 20s. And during the pandemic, it grew out and like it was, you know, it was noticeable. And I almost went with it. Instead, I was like not ready, went back to the, you know, the joys of home dyeing, which for 13 bucks looks pretty good. That was my big revelation during the pandemic. But I'm not there, but I do on Instagram totally follow like hashtag silver sisters, hashtag gray is better, hashtag try it, hashtag like I'm not brave enough yet, but I see you. I honor that decision. I'm with you. If more people did it, then it wouldn't be a big deal, right? Like I feel like gray still reads 80 years old to us and it shouldn't because we're all gray and we're all spending this time trying to make it not so. And it's so silly. We should all give up and then it would be fine. Yeah, I'm so proud of myself for my weight acceptance. And I have not gotten there at all in my hair acceptance journey. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you fight the battles you want to fight. And that's fair, too. Like, I think there is a process. And I think it's something that we don't talk about a ton of letting go of being an attractive young person. I think I've told you this story, but we went to a family wedding. So it was always at our family weddings. My parents were at the parents' table. My grandparents were at the old people's table. And then we were like the beautiful young girls. What are they wearing? What are they doing? What do they look like? Oh my God, they're so pretty, la la la. And then it was probably 15 years ago now, but we went to my cousin's wedding and I realized that my parents were at the old people's table. And we were at the parents' table and like my cousin's kids were the 20 something beautiful girls. And like, what were they wearing and what were they doing? And it was like, gong, like it really kind of, <laughs> it bothered me. Like it really struck me that feeling of, and I'm a person, 
I don't know if you've noticed this about me, who really enjoys the spotlight. I thrive being the center of attention. I like to walk into a room and command attention. I mean, I like to be the center of attention. And it's very different as a middle-aged person than it is as a 20-something person. Yeah, and the other thing about the hair and the weight, I got to go back to this for a second because it occurs to me, like, what's especially, I think, sort of admirable about the gray hair thing is, like, I can decide I'm not going to weigh myself anymore. And that decision is, you know, imperceptible and invisible to the outside world. Sure. But if, if you decide to stop dyeing your hair... Like I probably would look like a silver fox in two years, but first I have to go through the two years of the weird transition where like, it's marching across your forehead in the slowest of slow motion in a way that's really difficult unless you like yeah. bleach it, cut it all off, you know, whatever. Even that it's like it's a statement in a way that like I'm not going to look at the scale anymore is a little more subtle. Yeah, for sure. And allowing the realities that come with being, there is an invisibility in our culture that is recognizable to being an old woman, you know, and that the markers of being old are gaining weight, you know, going gray, and that that is sort of what we're fighting against. And, you know, we all make our own peace with these things, but I think... I'm like fine with weight, not great with grace. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, Amy, here's one that I know goes straight to your heart. Making kids dress warm. Michelle says she's not making her kids wear coats, hats, mittens, etc. It's your body. If you want to be cold, go for it. I just have a rule that I do not want to hear about it if you get cold. Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do make them put it in their backpacks for school because I don't want to make it the teacher's problem. But if they're with me, it's whatever. Yeah, like I have let go of this. My kid walks half an hour, 35 minutes to school, like walks like a mile and a half and went the other day without a coat on. And I did not stop my kid from walking to school in like 28 degree weather without a coat on because in this case, I think it was like scrambled, just didn't realize I didn't have it on. I have to let go of, but then with my younger kid, there's like, it's 10 with a wind chill of five below. How about some gloves today? I don't need them. I'm fine. And again, this is How dare you. like, we're not walking out to the driveway. This kid has a three quarters of a mile walk to school. And I do get very stuck on the like, but why though? What's that weird flex about? Right? Like, I don't need gloves. And to be fair, this is a classic example of it's your problem either way. You don't want to be like, all right, fine, let it go. They don't. But then you just know that you're going to have to listen to how cold they are for 45 minutes. I have a kid who every day gets in the car and he's like, I'm freezing. And kind of it's my problem. And he's got a T-shirt on. He wears a coat, but it's fully open. And I'm just always gently like, there's a thing called a zipper. You put it together at the bottom and pull it upwards. And that suggestion is also offensive. So it's a little bit... I like letting go of it, but I also know all roads lead to somehow it is your fault that I am cold. You know, the natural consequences, the pandemic wasn't all bad because at my kids' schools, they have the windows open a lot because that's sort of like what mm -hmm. we can do. And they're wearing their coats all day. And so like I'm seeing them at least put a sweater on under the coat because they're sitting in their classroom all day. So like I said, there are some small, small benefits. Thank you, schools, and thank you, pandemic. All right, we'll be back with even more things that are not interesting to us. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. 
Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, let's talk about being the go-to person for your in-laws. Nicole says, doing and being the go-to person for my in-laws, I decided to drop the rope parentheses, mostly, close parents. I just can't be the one to make sure everyone gets their fair share of my time anymore. If they want to plan something with us, great. Most of the planning is now on my hubby. And guess what? We do much fewer things and not everyone gets a gift, but I'm no longer going to stress about it. It's his family. If he wants to make stuff happen, I'm on board, but I'm not doing all the work for it, even if that comes with upset, since they know how often it has fallen on my shoulders in the past. I admire this so greatly and it shouldn't be your relation, you know, your responsibility in the first place, but it is. Does this stuff need to come with an announcement? Attention, everyone. This is no longer interesting to me. That would make things worse, right? No, 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 no. It doesn't come with an announcement. It's an intermarital. Yeah. I mean, I definitely remember at some point receiving a gift that I was like, hmm, this is a rather strange gift from my sister-in-law for my birthday. And it occurred to me like, oh, my sister-in-law has had the conversation with my brother that like, this is on you now, you know? And I definitely, you know, noticed a brief dip in quality. I'm not going to lie, but he kind of got it together. But I think that this is something you might as well have this conversation now, because let me tell you, spoiler alert, it's coming at some point during your marriage. At some point, you will be like, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think it is difficult. And I think that it is the kind of invisible work that often falls to the woman in the relationship to keep the bonds together. And I think that, you know, my husband certainly 
when we got married, I talked to my mom every single day. And my husband talked to his mom, I don't know, once every couple of weeks. And so when we come together, you also have to be careful about like layering your expectations on what family looks like and being like, well, it's not family if we're not having, you know, three holidays a year and we're talking on the phone once a week, like let go of some of this stuff and see what happens. What's hard though, is you're letting go, not just of like, you don't have to do all this mom, but guess who expects you to do it? Not just your spouse for whom it's working pretty well, but your spouse's family. Correct. Like you can be working inside these systems where, yeah, the woman does buy all the presents and does make sure the kids get together enough. And, and so for you to drop that rope, I think is admirable, but it does. Yeah. There is this sort of secondary thing of like, people don't understand what your motivations are for that because they did have this unrealistic expectation of you because the world does. For sure. I think it doesn't have to be drop the rope forever or fix the rope entirely. Like pick your battles here, you know? And I think it is fine to say we do this with our Christmas list. We make a spreadsheet. You'd be proud of us, Amy. We make a little Google spreadsheet and I highlight the ones for my husband. And I say, this is who you're getting gifts for. And you know, we've done it enough years that like, it's okay to send this person a plant and this person likes this restaurant. So a gift card. It's like we say with our kids, scaffolding, Amy, scaffolding, <laughs> like help support it, but don't take it on entirely as your responsibility. And it also may mean that you see your family more often than you see your in-laws. And that's something that you can talk openly about, I think. Hey, if we want to get together more, like let's sit in at over Christmas time and decide what times and... We're having this right now. We get foster dogs and my kids love the foster dogs. And my husband did the training for the foster dogs. He's like the foster dog guy. So in the first year, we had four foster dogs. And in the last year, and it's not really pandemic related because they've been running the whole time. We haven't had a foster dog in a year. And the kids keep saying to me, when are we getting a dog? And I just say, talk to your dad about it. Your dad is the foster dog guy. And do they? They do. Does the conversation happen or does it stop there? They do, but we still, we're, apparently we're getting a foster dog on Thursday, but I do think that you can just continually redirect the stream. It doesn't mean, it's like the weight thing. It doesn't mean that people aren't going to constantly greet me by being like, oh, did you lose weight? But I just say, I don't know. I don't keep track. And you just move it. You don't engage in like, it's not my responsibility. That's your dad's thing. And I'm, I'm going to step in and get the dog because this is a failure on his part or go ask your dad. And guess what? They had to ask him 14 times. They might have had to ask me twice, but maybe we're getting a dog on Thursday. I'll let you know. This is what I'm figuring out though. Like the thing that I'm getting stuck on, which is just, it is this way is that just because something stops being interesting to you doesn't mean that it stops being interesting to other people. And then you have to deal with the secondary consequences of that. Just because Megan says cooking anything no longer interests her, she can't be bothered. I'm feeling seen, Megan. Hashtag agree. Doesn't mean that her kids are going to wonder what's for dinner. Still interesting to other people. They're going to wonder what's for dinner. So you still have to do it. She says she feels like she doesn't have any good ideas for the meal plan. This is a constant back to one. Like we end up making the same three things. And I have a spreadsheet that I forget that I have that has like 80 recipes of dinners we tried once and liked stuff from meal planning places and whatever. And you got to go look at that stuff. Just keep a running list of it because you do get stuck. But just because it's not interesting to you doesn't mean somebody doesn't have to feed the kids. Right. Doesn't mean people don't have to be fed. I've started to transition, I think, based on your modeling. My kids are just turned 10 yesterday, 10, 11 and 13. This is a big deal. Let's double click on that. You are out of single digit parenting. No more single digit people in my house. Wow. 
Do you have a little sunrise sunset for me? Amy, misty watercolor <laughs> memories. It all goes by too fast. Yeah, I have a 10-year-old now. I'm all double digits in my house. And my daughter pointed out, she's like, and you know, most people die before 100. So this is my last change of digit. <laughs> so, I hadn't thought of it that way, but good point. <laughs> Said maybe when you're old, you know, people will live to be 115. But you're like, that's not interesting to me. No, no. <laughs> that's not interesting to me that you're out of digits. But yes, I've started insisting you guys figure out your own lunch. It's like if you feel the pain point, as Amy would say, what's the transition that's possible? Can you do yo-yo dinner once or twice a week, which is you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Heat up some leftovers. If you've got little ones, you probably can't. But one of the things that we've done is that we have pizza one night and we have McDonald's one night. And like, judge away. That's not interesting to me. McDonald's Friday night. It's the greatest night of my week because I'm done with the week and I know I'm getting my kids McDonald's. We, they love it. They watch video games. I'm done. Just about every Sunday night, we do Chinese food from the same place. And this amazing sort of tradition has fallen into place where my high schooler, who it's hard to get this kid to eat breakfast in the morning, always running late, running out the door and not hungry because they're eating snacks at midnight. Right. Right. But the leftover Chinese food on Monday morning has become the breakfast of champions. Like this kid wakes up ready for it and shovels into the microwave all the leftovers and eats it and is so happy. And for once, my like six foot high schooler is leaving with a sufficient (laughs) breakfast. So when you leave them on their own, like I would not have thought, I was like, here's this, here's muffins, here's fruit, here's cereal. No, the leftover Chinese food is good for breakfast for me, mom, every Monday morning. This brings me, Amy, to something I had noted and I hadn't mentioned it at the top, but I think this is really interesting. And I could not refine it and I apologize. On our Facebook feed a while back, somebody was saying, I have trouble like getting my kids to sleep and they're rowdy at night and whatever it else. And a commenter, first commenter maybe on the thread said, A lot of people are going to bust on me for this, but I put a TV in my kid's room and I let them fall asleep to the TV and it has completely solved this problem for me. And the next 14 comments were all, I did the same thing. It's a great idea. It's really saved us. And I think that one of the points of that's not interesting to me is what works for you? You're never going to read a parenting book that says like, Having trouble getting your kids to sleep? Put a TV in your kid's room. (laughs) Put a TV in their room. You're never going to find that book. It doesn't exist. But it's working for a lot of people. Obviously, you have to watch the line on this. Like, it also might work for you to, like, give your kids a shot of bourbon before bed. That's not a good idea. Right. And, like, probably a TV in their room has some downsides. And so you don't want to lean into every simple solution because it's going to create more problems than it solves in the long term. But that's not interesting, can solve problems, right? The TV seems, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily advocate for that. But now that I'm hearing that, I'm like, you know why it makes more sense? Because you have much more control over what they're watching and how long they're watching and what it looks like on TV than you do if you hand them a phone or they have, a, you know, mm-hmm. iPad, whatever, and they're on YouTube or whatever. Like, if you want to make sure you know what your kid is watching and how much of it they're watching, a TV is way better. Yeah. Rachel says, which is along the same vein, formulaic parenting. Formulaic parenting is very uninteresting to me. Free range, attachment. It seems like real parenting is actually a dose of humility and flexibility. And that's about it. Both of my kids are very different and very different on different days. There's no recipe for success, apparently. And I think this is where... You know, and we present a lot of parenting experts and book authors and people who have, you know, theories about how to do this more easily. And we always say, right, like, 
Take from this what works for you and what makes sense for you and what makes life easier. Take what you like and leave the rest. Mm. We invite you (laughs) to take what you like and leave the rest. But I think that is true. And I think this is why the way we kind of debate things nowadays as if like, is this right for everybody? And no, no, TVs are terrible and you can and blah, blah, blah. It's a season. It's a time. It's certain days. Like you're not going to find solutions that completely fix your life, unfortunately. Otherwise, you know, I mean, we already have a popular parenting podcast, Amy, but we would have the number one podcast in the universe. And we could be like, here's how to get your kids to this eat and get them to sleep. This is it. There is no such thing. But this is an easy win. Can I get an easy win in here? Because I totally hardly agree with this. Ashley says she is no longer interested in rinsing rice or quinoa. I loved this one. Recipe says rinse rice until water runs clear. I don't even read it right into the pot. Me too. I don't rinse rice. I'm not interested in that. Do you rinse your rice? Have you seen that TikTok video of the lady rinsing the ground meat in water? It's like there's a thing that's like you should drain the oil off of the meat. So she puts it in a colander, and but then she rinses it under the water like to get the grease off. Super gross, right? And everybody just lost their mind. And they were like, that's the grossest thing you could do. But again, rice is to me, like, I didn't even know you were supposed to rinse rice. I'm not a very good cook, so... You have not read the side of the rice bag in a while? I don't even know. I don't read. Here's how I make rice. Half a cup in the rice cooker, a cup of water on, and then you get it scooped right out of there onto your plate. I think it's a a generational thing. I was just explaining to my kids earlier this week that I grew up in a time where I read everything. The backs of shampoo bottles, the backs of cereal boxes, the ladies home journal my mom had on the coffee table. I was a voracious reader because I loved to find out things and learn and there was no internet. And so I knew everything there was to know about. So you had to read the cereal box. Yeah. Ronzoni pasta. <laughs> like how long it should be in the pot. Yeah. But I agree. I don't rinse rice. And you know, it's probably gross. Like we're probably supposed to be rinsing some nasty stuff that's in there, but don't even tell me. I don't want to know. I want to say as the button to this, I have real not interesting to me, and this has been a lot of freedom, is making good food. Just making food is my new thing. Like, I used to be like, it's got to have variety and it's going to be this and I'm going to get a new cookbook that's going to reveal that I'm really good at this. Now I'm like, here's a steak that I cooked in a pan with some potatoes from the box and some steamed broccoli. And if you want good food, go to a restaurant. In our house, we just eat food. I want you to get like go to Etsy and get that in farmhouse font on bleached wood. In our house, we just eat food. <laughs> if you want good food, get the hell out. Here, it is food only. Yeah, being a good cook, not interesting to me, Amy. All right, we'll be back with even more not interesting things. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get 
$100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, Lumen dot me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And now, things that are interesting to us. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Our kids' leftover mac and cheese, even though we know we have a perfectly good salad in the fridge. Sleep in any form. Watching Real Housewives of Orange County for some reason. Like, I was out six seasons ago, but why do I now know all the details of Gina's divorce? Googling the guy who broke up with us in the 11th grade and hoping we can tell that his life turned out to be a hot mess. Picking up Us Weekly in the checkout line and loudly exclaiming, Who are these people? Telling young people they look cold and offering them a jacket. Taking off our bras. Putting on gym clothes, but not going to the gym. Posting our Wordle scores, even though we know, on a fundamental level, that no one cares about our Wordle scores. This has been Things That Are Interesting to Us. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Let's start with Kara, who comes in strong. Kara says, giving a rip about harmless things that I do not have the time and energy to focus on. Whether that be allowing myself to have a house cleaner or the fact that my three-year-old still has a binky, I do not care what anyone has to say about what I'm choosing to let go of in this extremely busy season of my family's life. Kara agreed. The smartest thing I have literally ever heard another parent say was it was a woman who had three small kids and somebody asked her in a Q&A. It was some, I don't even remember what it was. It was listening to this woman speak and she had a company and somebody raised their hand and said, do you have help with your kids? And she said, I do. I have three small kids. I have help. This person helps me with my three small children. I'm also there. I'm also doing. They, I got help. And like, I just never thought of that word that way. Like, yeah, it's not replacement. It's assistance. It's help. It's added value. And if you can get that and that's available to you and you need that right now, you should not give a rip about somebody else thinking you shouldn't do that. Similarly, a lot of people had thoughts about the judgy moms. Okay. Carolyn says, caring what the trendy moms at school pickup think about my style or lack thereof. I don't have to wear tight leggings and heeled boots every day. I'm more comfortable in my warm, cozy layers with no makeup. To say I don't care about this is uh, an understatement. But when I lived in Los Angeles for a little while, 
my oldest son went to a school that was in some area of Los Angeles where like the hot moms all lived. I think it was Beverly Hills adjacent. And I mean, I would go every day in my like pajama bottoms and sweatshirt and I was either pregnant or had just had a baby, like nothing fit me. I was wearing my husband's clothes. And I would stand by the gate and I definitely noticed there were moms in like giant black sunglasses who were like driving these gigantic, crazy SUVs. And they were all like size zero and were wearing like silver lame leggings, like crazy outfits. Like they looked like Kardashians, basically, you know. And they would kind of give me the stink eye. And I truly would look at them like, really? Like, we're doing this? We're like middle-aged ladies picking up kids from school and we're doing this? It was shocking to me. You see, this is just what I'm talking about, right? They like, that's not interesting to me, trying to look like I'm not frantic with three small children at home. And I used to think of that as like, they'd be like, ew, why is she wearing that? But instead, they're like, that's not interesting to you, but it is interesting to me. In fact, I've built my entire identity around this. It's more the like, what do you mean that's not interesting? Wait, that's not interesting? <laughs> like, I think it's like, it's making more things go off in their heads than just, ew, that person's weird. My ex-boyfriend, I always say, best advice I ever heard in my life. I was going on about like, and this, and this person, and she this, and I just wanted to this, and she blah, blah. And he just kind of put a hand on my shoulder and said, you would be so much more relaxed if you could realize how rarely anyone else ever thought about you. And it was like, talk about falling from the horse, like, boom. And it really, it's such a good perspective because I think we layer, as you say, on other people, this agenda of like, they, this, that, and the other thing. And maybe they're giving you a quick glance and being like, what a mess. But they're not devoting their life to wondering how you dressed for school pickup. Right. They are devoting their lives to wondering how they dress for school pickup and you have brought into their universe that something else is possible. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, I think I'm somewhat dismissive of this because maybe I'm older and I really just am not interested in it. And I remember having a couple of exchanges on the Facebook page where I was saying like, I'm sure they're not really judging you. And someone's like, no, I heard them in the kitchen being like, she dresses bad and she seems poor. You know, like there are definitely people doing this. I just... Yeah. I don't really know them and I don't really, it's not interesting to me. Yeah. And there are, you should be able to find people who are on your page with this. Deciding that something isn't interesting to you just doesn't mean there like won't be like blowback or like, oh, so now that means this, right? It's not, even if it's totally the right decision for you, doesn't mean you stop getting the idea from other people that it's supposed to be interesting. You've just decided that it's not. And then you have to keep making that decision, I guess. It's not a one and done. Yeah, because we know the only person we can control is ourselves, right? Right. So if you let your hair go gray, you may go places where people are like, oh, God, Amy looks terrible. She's gray now. Like, that may happen. I may go places and people being like, oh, God, Margaret got really fat. What happened to her? That you can't control other people's interest level in what you look like, present like, how your kids act, you know, how your in-laws react to you not buying the gifts anymore. You can't control that part of the story. So being not interested really involves controlling yourself and looking out for your side of the fence. This is a good funny one. Emily says uh, she is not interested in making plans more than a week in advance. They'll probably be canceled. So let's just not. <laughs> I mean, I love it, but I'm the opposite. I am, I just said to a friend of mine, I can't do anything that happens in six hours. Like I'm never going to do anything that happens six hours from now. If let's make, cause we keep making plans like, Hey, do you want to grab dinner? Hey, do you want to grab a drink? I can't do it. 
We should blank sometime equals never. Yeah, I need I just because I have friends, you know, especially during the pandemic in the last four months or so, we really have been not doing anything. And I just had friends and I said, how about next Friday? Do you want to go to the place and have a drink? And yes. And we're maybe coming out. It seems safe, whatever it is. I need to have it on my calendar and then I will dread it and be miserable that I'm doing it and then have fun when I go. That's my process. We do have one couple that we're friends with, really two, now that I think about it, who are those friends. But this first couple that I'm thinking of, they were deliberate about it. Like, we are your friends. You can call us on a Saturday afternoon and be like, what are you guys doing tonight? Let's do this. We'll be that couple for you. And I was like, great. And we see them often, you know, because... They are the friends that we don't have to make a plan. And actually, the last time we saw them, the husband said, let's do this once a month. Let's pick a restaurant, you know, that sounds interesting. And we're just going to get it on the calendar. And the second Thursday of every month, we have a dinner date. And I was like, that, that's fantastic, too. Emily might disagree, but I liked somebody just telling me where to go. That sounds heavenly, too, because you live in this city. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll never run out of places to go. <sighs> That sounds heavenly, too. It's like, oh, we can try something different. But you know who doesn't agree with you, Amy? (laughs) Diana. She says, going to the city no longer interests me. Sorry, Amy. I had a blast living there in my 20s, but now I'm so happy with my boring suburban life and raising my kids in a little bubble. I have no interest in getting on the train, battling crowds, spending a lot of money. This is a funny one. And I think this goes, we've talked before about people who are like, I'll never have a minivan. And I just think like, what a weird hill to die on. Like, you're not boring because you drive a minivan. You're boring because everything about your life is boring now. You know, you have kids, you do the same things every day. You're with the same person. You're boring. It's not the minivan's fault. Yeah, I live on both sides of this because like just last night I saw on Facebook this somebody who's like, this woman's voice is incredible. I forget who it even is. It's a jazz singer. She's 22 and she's going to like take the world by storm. I listened to 10 seconds of her singing like, God, she is incredible. Look up her concert dates. Of course, she's in New York next month. I got tickets. I'm going like and that's the great privilege of living in a city like, oh, I like to see her. Oh, I can in three weeks. Great. Done. But I also am deeply envious and, you know, want to have the driveway, the basement, the ease. I don't have to take a $25 cab to the orthodontist. I can drive there and park. Do you know like how like luxurious that sounds to me? So I can play both sides of this. I'm a fan of like leaning in a little bit to reality. And so I think that for me, we all had this friend who like had babies earlier than the rest of us and would like still come to the bar with the baby and the baby carrier and be like, what's up, guys? I'm fun. And you're like, Mm -hmm. it's not that fun. The baby negates everything else about this experience, you know? Oh, but I thought you were going to say, but now that same friend has a 25 year old. Oh, yeah. And they're out. They're back. And she's partying with her 25-year-old. And you're like, mm, that looks kind of fun, too. Hmm. Yeah. I just I think there's something to understanding that, like, I'm in a season. And Diana says, I'm sure when the kids get older, it'll be exciting to take them to see things. But for now, no thanks. I just went to the city. We went skating in Rockefeller Center at the holidays. And... I thought, oh, we could do this every weekend. Like when my kids were little, when I had a four, three and one year old, a trip to the city was a nightmare. I mean, there was nothing fun about it. It was like, please don't run in the streets. They don't know what they're doing. It was all containment and terror. And just the minute we got back on the train, I was so relieved. But that's right. Like, it's fine to have a season where you drive a minivan. And then I keep saying to my husband, my next car, although they went out of... uh What are they? They don't produce them anymore. My dream car. I want a Volkswagen Red Bug convertible. That's the car I want. 
for my, you know, midlife crisis car. Okay, you guys heard it. We're going to surprise her next Christmas. (laughs) Go fund me, guys. Chip in. (laughs) But the thing is... I had a season. When my season of minivanning is over, I want a fun car. But I think it's a mistake to long to be at the bar with the baby. It's like they're separate rows. I always say there's no two paths. But sometimes I think if you try to, you know, Masha Rumor, our guest, said you can't sit on the same seat with two butts. Like, that's what I see sometimes when I see. Yeah, it's a Russian saying. That sounds so Russian, doesn't it? I mean, I wish I could say it in Russian. And that's what I'm pointing to. Like, you can't like be the party girl with the baby and the baby carrier to me. I mean, you could do whatever you want, but I think there's something to be said for being like, this is the season where like we live in the suburbs and we drive a minivan and we're boring. And then we'll get older and we'll get a fun car again and we'll take the kids in and we'll be back to that life. But I think the pain is in the gap, Amy. That's what I think. I think what you're saying is you can decide I'm no longer interested in the red Volkswagen But then someday you might be interested in the red Volkswagen again. Like this is not, you're parking it. This is not interesting to me until my kids are six. I'm not going to care about what I wear to drop off. That's right. It's a not now. It's a not now. That's right. And I had years of my life where I couldn't fit in any clothes and I wore my husband's t-shirt and sweatpants everywhere and the Hollywood mommies judged me. But yeah, like I was just thinking, I should do some shopping and get some nicer clothes. Like I'm at a point now where no one's vomiting on me regularly. Like I could get back to wearing some nicer clothes. Seasons. Natalie says, cardio is not interesting to me right now. Going upstairs to turn off all the lights my kids leave on is all the cardio I need. And, you know, our friend Zibby Owens, who has the Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books podcast, she was trying to get back in shape. She was doing burpees for like, you know, two days. She hurt herself. She hurt herself doing burpees. And like, what am I doing? Like, I, and so, yes, cardio is something else that burpees are something that are not interesting to me right now, perhaps never again. I read that and I was like, burpees. I recently have a friend who goes to a really nice gym and she took me as a guest. And you know what I did? I went to the office right afterwards and I signed up. It's not super expensive. And I was like, I'm doing this for me. And I'm enjoying being back at a gym. I would have said that would never have happened. But like going somewhere nice to work out is pleasant for me. I'm back. Okay. So what we're saying is, just to wrap things up, if cardio is no longer interesting to Natalie, good for you, Natalie. If cardio is newly interesting to you and you're going to do this, like good for you too. We're not saying stop caring about what you were to drop off. Stop doing cardio. Stop buying the presents, you know, for Christmas time. Like if it delights you to have beautiful presents under the tree that are carefully chosen for each person and it brings you joy, then you should keep doing it until it doesn't. Agree. And I think that Laura and Kylie will also leave us with their not interesting is other people's opinions about me or my life. If it makes your life easier to drive a minivan and other people think it's lame, all right, who cares? Yeah, that's not interesting to you. Yeah. And, you know, other people are not quite as obsessed with your weight or your gray hair or all the things you think maybe that they're busy. It's not they're not like, hmm, she doesn't look good. Whatever. They might have the thought, but that's not what you should be dedicating your life to. It's not interesting, friends. Solved it. Solved it. Amy, what is interesting to us is that in February, we want fans of the What Fresh Hell podcast to give us merch ideas. So come to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash What Fresh Hell cast and tell us what you want to see on our 
merch. Perhaps that's not interesting to me, but we thought of that already. So we need some new ideas, guys. What should go on our merch next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could use some that's not interesting to me merch. Love it. Yeah. And we'll have a post up and you can add to it and let us know what you would like to see on our What Fresh Hell merch. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.